Welcome to That's What She Said, a podcast of sermons at Galileo Christian Church, Disciples of Christ. Galileo exists to seek and shelter spiritual refugees, who for us are people for whom the church has become boring, irrelevant, exclusive, or even painful, especially people who have been pushed out because of their gender or sexuality. If you yourself are a spiritual refugee, we're especially hey, glad church. you're listening. It's me again. Um, tonight we're continuing in our worship series called Deep Water, where we're all thinking about our baptism and Jesus's baptism and how he lived into his and how we live into ours. Um, and tonight we are reading the first part of the Sermon on the Plain from Luke's Gospel. It's better known as the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew's Gospel, um, but Luke tells it a little bit differently, and Luke is very specific that it is on a level place, not from a mountain. So um, we're reading from Luke chapter 6, verses 6, 17 through 36. <clears throat> Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out of him and healed them. Then he looked up and at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Humanity. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive... What credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good, and lend expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. This is the word of God for the people of God. 
Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who don't have access to affordable health care, you who work in the gig economy for shit pay and no benefits, you who anxiously await your lease renewal offer, hoping they won't raise the rent too much this year, you who know you need new tires on your car but can't figure out how you'll pay for it. Blessed are you. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who have a roof over your head and leftovers going to waste in your fridge. You who don't even think about it before taking a shit in your clean water. Because it's going to flush it away like it never happened. And then you act like something has been taken from you when the water stops working in that weird way. You who fret about your tires, even though you own a car. I mean, don't you know how good you have it? Woe to you, for you have received your consolation. <laughs> what, you don't feel consoled? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Jesus seems to think that these riches will solve all our problems, but he's never had a dime to his name, so what does he know about how consoling it is? Oh, that sounded really insensitive when I said it out loud. <laughs> I mean, what I mean is, sure, we, we have it better than he did, but come on, we still can't afford the basic necessities. Is there really all this woe on us? I mean, I know that most of the world also can't afford basic necessities, which makes me wonder how it is that we call them basic anyway. If more than half, I mean, I guess it's more like two-thirds, well, like 95% of the world doesn't have them, how basic are they? Well, pretty basic. <laughs> basic like it's really hard to live without them. Basic like if you don't have tires, then you can't get to your job, and that means you won't have a car for long because you can't afford the payment, and that means that you won't be able to get a new job, and that means that the roof over your head and your indoor shitting spot are all on their way out of your life. Basic like without access to affordable health care, you've got to ignore these symptoms that your body isn't working quite right waiting till they get worse and worse, and then you finally decide you'll find a way to pay that doctor bill, but by that time, it's done irreparable damage to your insides, and you'll never be able to afford the repair. Basic, like, maybe you have some healthcare access, like enough to get diagnosed, but not enough to afford the prescriptions that that diagnosis necessitates. Basic, like, you can't get a job without a phone number and a permanent address and reliable transportation. Basic, like you can't get a place to live without proving you make three times the rent they're asking for and that rent is gonna increase every year and you can't afford to move. It's just not really a binary, this rich-poor dichotomy. And Jesus is listing a lot of false binaries here. Next he says, blessed are you who are hungry now for you will be filled, but woe to you who are full now for you will be hungry. But what if you technically have access to food, but you have a complex relationship with it? Or you can afford the calories you need to survive, but not the nutrition that's best for your body. 
Are you hungry or full? Well, Jesus might say, it's kind of like me and my disciples here. We just came from this great party at Levi's house. Did you hear about it? I mean, we had so much food and the wine, it was old wine and it was fine. We're still a little hungover, but, uh, well, could you let me know if you hear about another party like that one? Because we don't actually know where the next meal is coming from. <laughs> so are we hungry or full? He says, blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. But woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. And I just want to say, Jesus, we know that. You're just describing how life goes. <laughs> We've all gone through the misery that seems like it will never end, the grief that won't lift, the gloom with no light at the end of the tunnel. And then we've all had those moments when we laughed again for the first time, when we thought we never could, when for a moment we forgot about our grief because something new and good happened in our lives or in the world around us. And we've all had seasons that go the reverse, when it's like the best day of our lives until it really isn't. Surely Jesus knows that the crowd can't be divided into the weeping people and the laughing people, because we all have both. So is that what he means then? That whatever you're feeling now, don't expect it'll last forever, because it'll get better or it'll get worse? Maybe that's what this sermon from Jesus is doing more than anything, just poking holes in our assumptions and our estimations of our own lives. You're poor? Well, it's okay. Yours is the kingdom of God. But, BT dubs, don't be so sure that you're as poor as you think you are. I mean, have you seen how the rest of the world lives? I mean, we did just get back from that party. We're not exactly hungry, but our fullness will go away. It always does. That's how food works. And so will our laughter. So if for now you're like hungry or you're crying, really you're the one who's blessed because it's all uphill from here. <laughs> blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and defame you on account of me. Rejoice in that day, he says, and leap for joy. Blessed are you when you come out just to get kicked out. When you stop getting invited to the family reunions because you married the wrong person. When the rumors about you are disgusting and untrue and humiliating. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. But woe to you when all speak well of you. When your picture-perfect family graces the front of Christmas cards mailed out by the hundreds when your life announcement gets hundreds of likes and hearts on Facebook, when friends are lining up to help you move and check up on you in hard times, woe to you, for that is what they did to the false prophets. But, but Jesus, I just want to ask, what if it's our family of choice that does those things? I mean, what if we have both the blessings and the woes? What if we did get kicked out and pushed out and talked about, but now we've found a place where we can truly be ourselves and truly be loved. Is that really like woe to us? Or blessed are we? I think Jesus might say, I know exactly what you mean. It wasn't all that long ago that my own neighbors were trying to throw me off a cliff, but now look at all these people, hundreds of them from all around, 
hanging on my every word. And you see these 12 in particular, they left everything to follow me. People hated and reviled and defamed me, but now, for now, all here speak well of me. I know exactly what you mean, but um, I don't know if you know how my story ends, <laughs> but it's, it's not great. See, all these people are gonna turn on me, even the 12. So yeah, it's not that simple. It's not a binary. You think you're telling me something new about that? I know. I'm just worried that you still don't know how far that non-binary goes, because it's not over. And when it shifts, it's still not over. And when it shifts again, it's still not going to be over. <clears throat> so I think, and it's me talking now, not Jesus. Um, I think one danger of the direction I'm taking this sermon is it might sound like I'm advocating that we shrug our shoulders and just wait for the wind to change. You're broke? Give it a minute. You've got money to spare? <laughs> Give it a minute. <laughs> You're hungry or full, grieving or laughing, just wait. You've got friends to spare or not a single soul in your corner. It will get better or it will get worse. And I mean, I am saying that it will get better and worse, but I'm not saying you should just wait around and let that happen. See, there were reasons for Jesus's ever-changing fortunes. And what gets me is the reasons that his life sometimes got better are the same reasons that it sometimes got harder. When he had food and when he didn't, when he had friends and when he didn't, he kept living the life God called him to, the life he'd been baptized into. He kept announcing the reign of God and inviting people to join him, calling disciples and sending apostles, bringing good news to the poor, healing and exercising, preaching and teaching, making friends, practicing and accepting hospitality. The same Jesus in a hamster ball we talk about all the time, rolling the reign of God everywhere he went. And sometimes it made him poor, and other times... Okay, well, it never made him rich, but it got him fed, at least, and on, like, rich foods and wine that I could probably never afford. Jesus never changed his circumstances by trying to work harder or smarter, by playing the game of the imperial economics around him, or even by doing the opposite, practicing what we call asceticism, like fasting and denying himself of life's pleasures. The good and the bad came to him for the same reason, living his baptized life. And sometimes the baptized life is really, really good, and sometimes it turns out really, really bad. But we keep living it, this baptized life, with its blessings and its woes, because baptism isn't something we can wash off. Whether it happened when we were babies or teens or adults, sprinkled, dabbed, dunked, happened in our past or something we're considering for our future, all of us are invited and called into this baptized life. And the thing about the baptized life is that it's not ours it's God's. We're all God's children, made in God's image, baptized into the world God wants. And we're all part of this church, this project of bending the arc of the universe towards justice. And when you're doing that work, sometimes nuggets of justice come through, and sometimes they taste so sweet 
because they are food when we were hungry, or laughter when we were weeping, or friends when we were all alone, or a helping hands check when you had spent your last dime. But sometimes that nugget is bitter and hard to swallow because it's a conviction that we should help a neighbor whom we don't really want to help, or an opportunity to share this good news with an enemy, or a reminder from a pesky preacher that we're not as poor as we had enjoyed thinking we were. <laughs> but we keep pulling on that ark. We keep living this baptized life because we are gods, only gods, no one else's, gods alone. Sometimes the baptized life looks like leaving the barn to worship from home for the safety of our beloveds and our neighbors. Sometimes it looks like opening up our beautiful, sacred online worship space, our church, to a bunch of guests who aren't all that happy to be here. <laughs> the baptized life is a constant reminder that nothing we have, our barn or our online space, none of it is ours, all of it is God's, and so we share it all. And sometimes it really sucks because we like being in the barn or because we don't like being reminded of how often some other people get to be in the barn. <laughs> but sometimes, oh church, sometimes it is beautiful. Sometimes it is real relationship across thousands of miles. It's hashtag church friends who check up on you and pray for you. It's texts that say, remember, you are baptized and communion that brings us all together, and support in hard work, and permission to rest. Blessed are you when it sucks, church, because it will be beautiful. Thanks for listening to That's What She Said. This podcast is preached almost always by our lead evangelist, Reverend Dr. Katie Hayes. Galileo Church has five missional priorities. We do justice for LGBTQ plus people and those who love them. We do kindness to those in mental and emotional distress and celebrate neurodiversity. We do beauty for our God who is beautiful. We do real relationship, no bullshit, ever. And we do whatever it takes to share this good news with the world God still loves. To support the production of this podcast and the ongoing missional priorities of this church, go to GalileoChurch.org and click on Conspire With Us. You'll have options to use your Venmo or PayPal, or use your credit card or bank account. Any amount helps, and if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you thanks. Peace. <laughs>